Hello and welcome to our daily devotional podcast. Today I want to continue with Paul's um, preaching to the Athenians. Yesterday we talked about what he saw and what, as he walked around. And today we want to talk about how, what he addressed the Athenians about. So let's turn to Acts chapter 17 and we'll read from verse 24 to 30. Verse 24 to 30. Let us pray. Father, even as we read this passage and mull over and ponder over this, we ask that you will give us insights, that you will speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth and be marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of the lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've never had a passage where I was really stunned and really need time to think about. But this is one such passage. It raises questions that I really have no answers to. And so, if you do have insights, once again, I encourage you, write to me. You can either text me or uh, email me. Or, if you have even more questions to add to my puzzlement, uh, please do so too. But here's the problem that I face. Now, it's very clear and we all know that God doesn't, God made the world. And he doesn't need us to make him a building. So it's very clear that um, there's no place that he's not in. There's no church that is special, that he stays there. A church is simply a place where we gather to worship him, to seek him. But he doesn't live in any building. Nor does he need us to do anything. We may serve him in various things, but actually what we're doing is serving one another, which is important. To serve one another and to serve others is to serve God. But God himself doesn't need us to do anything for him because he created all of us. He's that powerful. In fact, what it says is this from just one man, verse 26, God made all the nations and then got them to inhabit the whole earth. And then he marked the appointed times in history. When we look at the rise and fall of nations, when we look at the changes in boundaries, One moment Israel is large, the next moment Israel is nothing, the next moment they're fighting back for the land. We think of the various countries, the various dynasties and empires, the rise and fall of empires. 
And what the Bible says, what Paul says, is that actually God has determined each of them. The wars, the successes of nations, the, the defeat of nations, everything is in the hands of God. He has full control. But the one thing that God does not have control over, the one thing that he doesn't want to control over but longs for response, is that we reach out to him and find him. Verse 26, God says, Paul says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. What does this look like? It looks as though God does everything, the rise and fall of nations, the creation, the inhabitation, habitation of humans on the whole earth for one purpose, that each of us would seek him, would find him, would reach out to him because he wants, he's close to us and he wants us to know him. So what's the purpose of our being created? Why was each of us created? Why do we go through hardships and joys and different circumstances in our lives? It's one purpose only. That in all that we go through, whether the good and the bad, the painful and the joyful, it is that it turns us to look for Him and perhaps to reach out to Him. And in reaching out to Him, we find Him. Which is a very interesting thought indeed. That all that God has, the one thing that God has no control over, but the one thing that He longs for is that we seek Him, we reach out to Him, and we find Him because He is very close to each of us. But which begs the question, why is this important to God? Perhaps then I would ask another question, ask you back the question, you who are parents, why did you have children? Knowing that children will go through a hard time, knowing that they will have difficulty in their education, that they'll grow up and perhaps have families and the families may be happy, may not be happy, that there'll be conflict, they'll be looking for jobs, they may even be miserable in their jobs. Why on earth did we have kids? What is it to benefit of our kids that we ever had them? And I'm asking the parents who really love the kids. I mean, there are lots of parents who don't love the kids or sometimes they say by accident they had one night stands and they had kids. I'm not talking about that kind of parents. I'm talking about loving parents who intentionally, deliberately wanted kids. But why? It was never for selfish reasons. It was never because we want them to earn money and take care of us in our old age, though some parents do that. But we want them to exist on earth because we want to connect with them. We want to hover around them, not so that they'll do well in the exams, but hover around them because we love their company and we want to see them grow into people who are fulfilled. And what's the purpose of that? That perhaps is what baffles me. Why did God create each of us? He, I know that He wants to relate with us, but why create us? in the first place. You know, one of the things that I've realized as I worked especially in death row was that God is so close to each of the prisoners. He's so close that he, they, he becomes their friend, their best friend. 
they have needs they just look at it look up at him and just speak their needs and he answers them they receive his love in most remarkable ways and miracles they receive it in their hearts as they feel warmth and i can understand how what great joy there is in their lives as God enters each of their lives. And perhaps that is what gives me a clue that at the end of the day when we think of it, that life is worthwhile because we taste the joy, the ecstasy of knowing God, and having God in our lives. As Dom, one of my closest friends in death row said, this was the time that he was in death row awaiting his execution was the best one year that he ever had in his entire life. That that period he experienced the friendship of God in really wonderful ways. Though he was locked up in a cell, though he was waiting to be executed, he experienced so much joy and love that it was all worthwhile. His life was worthwhile, even though it was the best moments were just for one year. And I think for ourselves then, that we go through a lot of suffering, we go through a lot of questioning, we go through a lot of grumbling and complaining and wondering why God would let us have circumstances that are so bad, whether it's job or marriage or family. But at the end of it, as we turn to look at God, that's the point where God wants to fill us and show us that He loves us. And perhaps that's what really makes life all the worth, all worthwhile. I don't know about that. I, I need to hear from you as well. Why God would create us, that we might have communion with Him. How beneficial is that to us? Are we better off alive than not having been created at all? And then, of course, Paul compares God with us as parents. Why did we have children? What is it, does it benefit our children that we had them in the first place? It's something we really have to ponder. But I want to close with this song that, that's entitled So You Would Come. Before the world began, you were on his mind, and every tear you cry is precious in his eyes. Because of his great love, he gave his only son. Everything was done so you would come. Nothing you can do could make him love you more and nothing that you've done could make him close the door because of his great love he gave his only son everything was done so you would come come to the father though your gift is small Broken hearts, broken lives, He will make them all. Power of the Word, the power of His blood, everything.
everything was done so you would come before the world began you were on his mind and every tear you cry is precious in his eyes because of his great love he gave his only son everything was done so you would you can do could make him love you more nothing that you've done could make him close the door because of his great love he gave his only son everything was done so you would come come to the father though your gift is small Broken hearts, broken lives, he will take them all. Power of the word, the power of his blood. Everything was done so you would come. Let us pray. Father, there are lots of things we don't understand. But what we do know is that you gave everything so we would come to you. You gave us your Son, you received us, you welcomed us, you forgave our sins. You brought us through thick and thin, different and difficult and easy journeys for one purpose, that we should come to you. God, we have heard stories of people who have come to you and discovered what life really is, that you say to us that you come to give us life and that we may have it abundantly. We hear these promises, Lord, of people come to you and out from within them will flow rivers of living water. God, our question is, why, Lord? Why did you create these circumstances? Why did you create us? What is it that we might come to you? We pray that along the way you will answer these questions. You reveal to us how much joy there is in having lived, in having come to you and known you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, it's something to really mull over and pray over. And I pray then that you have a great weekend as you think through some of these issues that we have talked about for, for this week. Many, many difficult issues. Oh, one other thing I want to talk about, and that was um, the, the, the one on the church in Berea. I wasn't going to give you my point of view alone. What I wanted you all to know is that there can be God-loving people on both sides of the divide. Some people may hold one view strongly against homosexuality, Others may hold a different view. But I want you to know that two very God-fearing, God-loving Christians may hold very different views. What's important then is that we bring out the Bible, we bring out the research, we talk to each other with deep respect. And then as we talk, we understand each other's views. I hope that this will be what our church will be like. 
that we are able to talk about difficult issues, agree or disagree, and yet come out stronger and more loving, more united. Have a blessed weekend. God bless and goodbye.